Eanes is proud to present the WHS Healthy Shops Speaker Series. This week, Julie Smith from www.austinfamilycounseling.com shares positive discipline, parenting your teen with confidence. And starting it out with a quote with, children deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. They also deserve the opportunity to develop the life skills they need in an atmosphere of kindness and fairness instead of an atmosphere of blame, shame, and pain. That embodies a lot of the qualities of positive discipline and um, will hopefully summarize a lot of what we talk about today. So to start off, that's me in high school. Um, that's senior year, I think. I got my nice little letter bid. I was so happy. I was in the band, and um, I grew up to be a licensed and married family therapist associate. So I work with teens and families and couples at Austin Family Counseling just off of Bee Caves right there. And I'm also a certified positive discipline parent educator, and I'm a senior clinician at AFC. Um, one of the cool things about just kind of posting a picture of me being a teen is getting y'all back in that mindset of what it was like when you guys were teenagers. Um, I could describe myself as always following the rules, like to a fault. I was the goody two-shoes kind of girl. Um, and but also letting that like get in the way of my confidence and like what if I do something wrong and kind of going from there. And so I want you guys to think of at least three things you did as a teen you did not want your parents to know. And you can just start. <laughs> we'll start with three. Drinking. Speaking out. I can add on to there. Did not want them to see my AP chemistry scores. <laughs> What else did you guys keep away from your parents? Emotions. Emotions. All right. So what is it like to kind of put yourself back to when you were a teenager and thinking, I really don't want my parents to know X, Y, and Z that I just did or have been doing? Kind of put you back in that mindset of, I survived that, and I'm an adult now, and I'm successful, and so my teens will hopefully be successful too, even though they might be making some of the same mistakes, right? Um, the objective of that is to have faith in your teenager that they're gonna pass through this normal kind of growth cycle. And I wanted you all to get in that mindset just because empathy is such a huge thing with teenagers. They're wanting to know that you understand them on a whole different level that they probably don't think you're capable of because you're the parent. And they're like, you don't get this, I'm not, I'm not in your age of time or whatever it is. I've heard it all. Positive discipline helps children feel a sense of connection, belonging and significance, knowing that you have a purpose and knowing that it's not without error is a huge um, thing to feel for any kind of children, teenagers especially. Um, positive discipline is kind and firm at the same time, being respectful and encouraging. So not only are you giving the example of respect and giving encouragement to teens, you're Showing them how to do that to yourself and to others as well by giving that example. Um, effective long term. So punishment works short term, but has negative long term results. We'll definitely get into that later. Um, but punishment does work, ironically. Teaches valuable social and life skills for good character. Um, this is things like respect, concern for others, problem solving, cooperation. And it also invites children to discover how capable they are encourages the constructive use of personal power and autonomy. Um, these all encourage what positive discipline is all about. So to begin, 
so history of children's behavior. I actually found this really interesting. This is in the Positive Discipline book. It's probably floating around here somewhere. Oh, do you mind? Um, this is Positive Discipline book. It's Jane Nelson. You can probably rent it here at the library. Um, and if not, it's, I think, 10 bucks or something on Amazon. Um, but it talks about the good old days of, like, children's behavior. And that's, like, in the 50s, right? Probably a little bit early before that. Um, parents were dads in charge, moms there, 2.5 kids, suburb in the house, half cat, half dog, you know, like the American dream kind of going. Um, what was cool about that time is that children had a direct example of what submissiveness and obedience looked like because of what mom did for dad. She obeyed him. And then children saw that and repeated the example. There's yays and nays about that, right? It changed because of the human rights movement. Good stuff. Civil rights, women's rights, working in progress. But with that, the model of submissiveness and obedience dissipated for good reasons, but just naturally kind of came out. Um, children also have fewer opportunities to learn responsibility and motivation. Um, this kind of goes back to my mom grew up, she was one of seven in Wisconsin on a dairy farm. She tells me, or tells me that she'd never indoor plumbing till she was seven. And that like baffles me. <laughs> Cause I'm like, what do you mean? You had to go out in the cold in Wisconsin to the bathroom outside. Like that doesn't make sense. Um, but there was a need for the, my grandparents to have that many children to help work the farm, to help work the land. The need for children is no longer a need. It's a want, we want kids. We want to have a family. We want to have that person in our life and just growing in love. Um, but with that, there's fewer opportunities to learn responsibility and motivation just per opportunity um, or per example. We don't necessarily need kids, so we don't have all of the opportunities to have responsibility and motivation maybe as we do for now. Um, one of the best quotes here is, children learn responsibility when they have opportunities to learn valuable social life skills for good character in an atmosphere of kindness, firmness, dignity, and respect. So again, always revolving around that atmosphere of kindness and firmness. So what perceptions and skills do you guys think are necessary for developing capable people? Responsibility, initiative, yes. Accountability, resourcefulness, coming up with ideas, yes. Who else? Money management, budgeting, um, how to help have a healthy physical and uh, mental health relationship with yourself and others. Time management. These are all great things to have. So Jane Nelson and H. Stephen Glenn created a list of seven significant principles and skills. So these are seven things that are needed for kids to be able to develop a strong self sense of self and to be successful adults in society. So strong perceptions of personable or personal capabilities is basically I am capable. Having the sense that I'm able to do something is so empowering. It speaks to an intrinsic motivation. Um, strong perceptions of significance in primary relationships. I contribute in a meaningful ways and I'm genuinely needed. This reflects back to belonging and significance with the five criteria. So by being meaningful and being genuinely needed, there's a purpose to somebody, they feel needed. And that's such a good feeling to have as just a teenager as well. Um, strong perception of personal power or influence over life. I can influence what happens to me. 
knowing that things just don't happen. Well, mom, dad, that's just what happened today. It's like, well, what was your involvement in that? You have a power over what does happen to you. There's choices within those. Um, strong interpersonal skills. The ability to understand personal emotions, to use that understanding, develop self-discipline and self-control. This is a huge one that I actually work on with teens in therapy the, um, and part of why I became a therapist. The ability to know yourself well enough to know your emotional capabilities of when you need help and when you can ask for others for help and what that looks like for yourself. And to know that is a huge strength in any stage of life because then you're able to succeed at the best you can with whatever circumstances you're being given. Strong interpersonal skills, the ability to work with others and develop friendships through communicating, cooper communicating, cooperating, negotiating, sharing, empathizing, and listening. This is, just goes back to like working with others. One of those kindergarten rules, be kind to others, work with others, share with others. How do you do that and be a kind person at the same time? Strong systemic skills, the ability to respond, with, or to, respond to the limits and consequences of everyday life with responsibility, adaptability, flexibility, and integrity. Going with everyday life, what the limits and consequences are. No, you can't go to this today. Yes, you have to wear your jacket to that. Um, no, yes, no, yes, that kind of negotiation that goes on there. Strong judgmental skills. The ability to use wisdom and evaluate situations according to appropriate values. This is a hard one for teenagers and parents because that involves a lot of trust that they're gonna make the right decision or if they make a mistake, that they're going to uh, in a way to learn or to uh, be more appropriate. And it's, do I let them gain their own wisdom in this moment? Or do I help them in another way to protect them? Do I prepare them for? Do I protect them from? Like, which one is it right now? So there are three approaches for adult-child interaction. Um, there's strictness, which is excessive control. Uh, this is order without freedom, no choices. You do it because I said so. I can't tell you how many times I heard that from my parents because I said so. Um, permissiveness, no limits. Freedom without order, unlimited choices. You can do anything you want, anytime. And then discipline talks about authoritative. It's kindness and firmness at the same time. Freedom with order, limited choices, and you can choose within the limits that show respect for all. I see this as kind of a spectrum with strictness and permissiveness being at the two ends, which if you look at the qualities of strictness and permissiveness, there are some things in there that are needed. Strictness is needed when it's a hard line, like that's a boundary and that's for a safety. I use the example of a five-year-old wanting to go to school and it's 30 degrees outside without a jacket. The kid's gonna wear a jacket to school because it's cold, right? That's not negotiable, but they might be doing something else. And so that's a strictness thing that that's appropriate. But permissiveness is the one where freedom without choices or freedom without order, unlimited choices, you can do anything you want. There is an attraction to that because it feels like I have all the power because it's all up to me. Um, but anything with extremes, there's limitations, there are reasons they're extremes. And positive discipline finds that nice balance of kind and firm right in between the strictness and permissiveness. Thank you for joining us. If you're interested in the archived video recording of this session and any corresponding handouts or resources, please visit the WHS Healthy Shaps website at healthyshaps.weebly.com.